Welcome to Making America Strong Again, the only program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Join fellow patriots as we rediscover our past, reignite our future, and celebrate America now. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. This is Steve Olds. It is my privilege to welcome you to our studios in South Florida. We're glad you're with us today. And for those of you that are listening on the iHeart Radio Network nationwide and around the world, we welcome you, as well as those who are downloading our PatriotPodcast.com weekly shows. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, thanks for listening, and thanks for sharing it with those you know. Over recent weeks, we've been focused on a leadership series. We've talked about leadership from a number of different perspectives, that is personal leadership, business leadership, public leadership in terms of working in the community, in terms of serving the political spectrum, and also public service in terms of the military and other professions like firefighting and police officers and those who are standing up to serve others, standing up to put themselves in harm's way to protect each other. And one of the things that is important to understand about the idea of leadership is that for many people, becoming a strong leader, which is necessary in the effort for making America strong again, we must begin with a spirit of followership. We must begin by having an interest in serving others. We've talked about the concept of servant leadership. When you first consider the idea of servant leadership, it almost sounds oxymoronic. In other words, I'm the leader. I'm supposed to be out in front telling people what to do and getting things done. That's one way to look at it. But the fact is that a servant leader is somebody that is leading, not from a position of saying, this is my stated role and I, therefore, am in charge and get to tell everybody what to do, but it's somebody that understands the responsibility and has accepted the mantle of achieving the objective for which that organization is committed. In other words, you may have worked in an organization, perhaps in the military or perhaps in the company that you've been employed, and you've had people that are what some would consider born leaders. They have this natural magnetism or attraction that people just want to follow. But if you really drill down into those individuals' lives and what they do and how they interface with people, I'll bet you begin to discover some pretty interesting things. In other words, at the heart of who they are, they're really passionate about people. They're passionate about the mission. They're passionate about making sure everybody in their organization is as excited to be there as they are. They're willing to take the time in the middle of an afternoon to visit with somebody in the hallway for five minutes or perhaps to have a counseling session that may not be directly in their chain of command, if you will, but they're willing to share. They're also willing to make tough decisions because at the end of the day, the leader is accountable. But when somebody has the heart of a servant in a leadership capacity, you begin to see the way it influences the entire organization's operation. You begin to understand when people who are brand new to the group 
can't wait to get to work, can't wait to get to do the job that they're part of. And this is especially true in volunteer organizations. You see people coming alongside, especially now in the political environment that we're in, you see a lot of people being called up to volunteer to serve in campaigns. And they work extremely hard and they're passionate about the candidate or perhaps the ballot initiative that they're supporting. But an interesting thing happens when you begin to get inside and around organizations where you see the sheen that is the external perspective of the leader, if that doesn't match with the heart of the leader, things begin to change. In other words, you come into a scenario, you've been hearing all this great conversation, you've heard a great story, and then you find out the story is a little bit different. What's really happening, that person doesn't actually believe what they're saying. And how do you find that out? Well, you begin to see the fruit, don't you? You see the fruit of the organization. You find out that people react a little bit differently when they get up close and personal. Or perhaps you begin to see the leader that you thought was operating in one capacity say things, do things, or act in ways that don't line up with what you've heard. Have you ever seen that? It's something that you need to pay close attention to. The fruit of the organization is born out of the fruit of the leader, and the fruit of the leader begins with the leader's heart. If the leader has a passion to serve other people, the leader running that organization will begin to develop programs and processes and systems that will transform everybody in that group. In other words, it's not just about the leader. It's not just the person looking in the mirror saying, I'm the man. And I know it. (laughs) And everybody else is here to work for me. Now, clearly in an organization, especially a work environment, yes, you look at the organizational chart and technically those people do work for you. But they also work for the mission. And if they are incentivized to perform at their very highest capability, that is to say, to really get the most out of themselves, and they feel challenged to produce so that they get the excitement and the juice that comes from succeeding... What happens to that organization? Imagine an organization where people are so fired up, they can't wait to go to work. They can't wait to serve the other people. Now, I want you to think about this. Beyond the scope of simply a job environment or a political campaign or a church environment, think about what happens in your community when we begin to raise up servant leaders at every level of the community. How many kids do you know today coming out of college that have a servant's heart? What's one of the most common refrains you hear about young people these days? You hear that they have an entitlement mentality. Well, where did they get that from? Well, if you look at the way the government's run and you look at a lot of the way programs are run in the educational system, they're simply taught that. They're taught that they're entitled. And what happens when people begin to believe that they're entitled? Do you encourage them to work harder? Or do you make excuses and make it easier so they don't have to work nearly as hard? I believe that's one of the biggest challenges we face in the nation, and it's not just with our young people. When you look at the way taxes are paid, for example, a common refrain is make the rich guy pay more, pay their fair share, etc., etc. 
we could go a long way in looking at all the statistics of how much different levels of people pay taxes in the country. And when you find out that people on the very lowest end of society pay virtually no taxes, a lot of people think that's great. Well, I would presume to say that it is better for everybody in the country to have some skin in the game, everybody to have some interest in producing because we want to raise people up. We don't want people sitting on the sidelines. If we really believe that all men were created equal, all women were created equal, all people were created with a passion to do something, then as leaders, we should be encouraging them to discover what that is. That also means getting in the game. That also means participating in life, not waiting for somebody to hand you something. Well, people don't just operate that way because they're born that way. People operate that way because that's the environment that they're existing in. So if we look at leadership, not just as a personality trait, but if we look at a, let's call it an ecosystem, a leadership ecosystem, a place where attitudes and personalities come together that are focused on doing great things together, that are focused on serving each other regardless of age or experience, what do you think could happen? I want you to imagine now a group of people getting together, just a small group, a couple of three people, somebody that has a lot of experience that's trying to solve some problems, somebody else that perhaps has got some expertise in an area, somebody that is also brand new to the environment. We talked about this a few weeks ago in the conversation about somebody who has founded a small company, somebody who's serving in a mentoring role, and somebody who's an apprentice that really wants to learn. But with, without regard to the small business element, just think about those three people. Think about people that you know. Maybe you're the leader. Maybe you're out in front. You are always hard charging. You are looking for ways to serve. You're looking for ways to apply yourself and to always improve. You want to find other people like you so that you can take on the big challenges, all the challenges that people around you typically say can't be done. That's where you thrive. Or perhaps you tend to be more in the background. You tend to love to be around people with the energy and you love to just hop in there and get the work done. You've developed expertise. You've got skills. You've got attention. You've got energy to do work and to do particular activities that serve a bigger purpose. And you love that environment. You love to serve. You lead in your own way. You may not be on the stage. You may not be in front of the microphone. But you are in the trenches doing the work and building people around you. You're leading them. You're raising them up. Imagine now you also have the opportunity to inspire others. We've talked throughout the weeks about the idea of inspiring a nation. Suppose you had the leader and you had the mentor, somebody who is really good at what they do, who were both clearly inspired to pursue their best. They're pursuing a track of personal leadership. Now imagine those two people get together focusing on solving a problem and they invite in somebody who's new, perhaps somebody that's never grown up in an environment of encouragement, an environment where they're told that they matter, that they have value, that they have skills, talents, and gifts to bring to bear. Imagine bringing that young apprentice or perhaps an apprentice who is a mom. 
that has spent her entire life raising kids and has never been told in that family relationship, whether it's a single mom or a married mom, that she has value beyond maintaining a home. I can tell you moms are some of the most talented people out there. All the work that has to get done. It's extraordinarily important. Pull those folks together. Somebody that really wants to learn. And what will happen is you'll begin to discover the power of what we call patriot leadership. The ability to bring people together and do things that are absolutely remarkable. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how we encourage each of those three groups of people how we build this ecosystem, how we inspire them, and ultimately what the impact of our community looks like. We'll be right back. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. This is Steve Schwartz with PDGo.com. We've been in business for over 15 years and have created over 1,000 websites for clients across the USA and across the world. We help our clients have a custom, affordable website, and we teach them personally how they can very easily update the information on their websites themselves anytime they want to without being a techie. Take a look at PDGo.com and see samples of our work and testimonials that clients have said about our service. PDGo.com. Again, PDGo.com. At SurfPro of Vero Beach, no job is too big and no question is too small. So when fire, water, or mold damage strikes your home or business, call on SurfPro of Vero Beach at 772-770-0501. That's where you'll find a team of specialists that's faster to any size disaster. So when the things that matter most are on the line, make sure SurfPro of Vero Beach is too by calling 772-770-0501. That's SurfPro of Vero Beach helping make fire, water, and mold damage like it never, ever happened. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Kelly Fisher, a supporter of the Making America Strong Again mission and your local real estate professional here on the Treasure Coast. It has been my honor to serve our community here in Vero Beach since 2003, and with over 1,500 home sales over the past 21 years, It's my hope that you will consider the Kelly Fisher team at Treasure Coast Sotheby's International Realty for all your real estate needs. It's also our desire that every family has a home and every home has a family. And we have partnered with the Homeless Family Center of Vero Beach to work toward that goal. When you buy or sell a home with the Kelly Fisher team, we will make a substantial contribution toward alleviating homelessness in our hometown. To be a part of this great mission, please call us at 772-321-6905. Welcome back to Making America Strong Again, the program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Once again, here's your host, Steve Olds. Welcome back. We're talking about patriot leadership. And I'll bet some of you have been asking yourself the question, so how did we go from personal leadership and professional leadership and servant leadership and suddenly make a jump to the words patriot leadership? Well, what have we been talking about in terms of the community? What have we been talking about in terms of the impact that an individual leader, regardless of their role, can have on their community? 
Well, in effect, what we're describing is the leverage that we have as leaders coming together to influence and inspire a nation. What is a patriot? It's kind of funny. I've asked this question all over the country. And depending on where you are, if you're in New England, you get one answer. If you're in another part of the country that doesn't have a football team named the Patriots, uh, or perhaps <laughs> if you're in a local community where your high school, like the high school I went to, uh, had a certain name, maybe the one that you did had a mascot, some are called Patriots. But for most people, when asked the question, what's a Patriot? A lot of people begin to think it's more of a political term. Well, actually, if you look up the original definition of patriot, it's simply somebody who loves his or her country and its interests with devotion. In other words, there's no mention in the definition of a patriot of which particular political persuasion you have or what particular economic philosophy you have. A patriot is simply someone who loves his or her country. So we have patriots all over America right now that are asking themselves the question, what can I do for America right now that will really make a difference? You ever ask yourself that question? Well, part of the challenge of understanding how you can influence the nation is a little challenging when you look at it by yourself. In other words, some people think, there's not much I can do. I'm just one person. Other people look at it and say, well, if I step up and do my absolute best and I begin to work with other people who are doing their absolute best and we leverage our collective focused efforts on tasks and opportunities that make a difference, what can happen? We can not only inspire a nation, but we can rebuild a nation. We've talked about the idea of rebuilding America through the power of small business. And we focus on small business because there is a tangible opportunity to look at numbers, to look at service, in other words, how we serve a consumer, to look at how we support that mission, either as an employee or as an outside support arm of some sort. And then we begin to look at the response. What's the impact in the community? What happens when we support a small business as a consumer, as a promoter? Does the community benefit or does it take away value from the community? So the, the great part about small business is it's very practical, but it's also a great metaphor. So if we look at what we call patriot leadership with the idea of building small teams, a group of three, there's a proverb that talks about the value of three people working together. A strand of three is not easily broken. Three people who are focused on being the best leaders they can be. One serving as a founder of a company, one serving as a mentor to help that founder solve a problem, and one serving as an apprentice to come alongside and soak up every possible thing they can so that they can become a better leader themselves. And when each of those three individuals have the heart of a servant, in other words, we can go in a room, we can close the door and I'm not the boss. As the owner of the company, I'm not dealing with employees. As the mentor, I'm not dealing with somebody that works for me. As an apprentice, I'm not talking to somebody who's my school teacher or my professor or my parent. Three people that have a passion, 
to do their very best, get a chance to come together. So imagine now these three people coming together with a focus on doing something that matters. What is it that matters? Well, let's say we're going to solve a problem that's going to have that impact in the community. And if each of those three individuals has a mutually beneficial reason to help solve the problem, in other words, it's not just all about the small business. Yeah, we're going to solve that problem. But what gets done in the process of solving a problem? Who else grows? Who else develops? There's a philosophy Dr. Stephen Covey talked about in the early 1990s in a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a classic. If you've not read it, I highly recommend it. But he talked about the impact of this environment. He termed it this way. He said, learn it, teach it, live it. Learn it, teach it, live it. Some would think it ought to be learn it, live it, teach it. Well, in fact, when you begin to learn something new, let's say you're a small business founder and you learn something new about how to manage your money in a company. And it was something you didn't know about. Perhaps it was understanding a financial statement. Perhaps it was learning something about marketing. And you could turn right around and teach it to somebody else. I don't know, perhaps like an apprentice who happens to be sitting right there in that same room and is going to be tasked with helping to implement that particular new solution. When you learn it and then immediately teach it, you begin to live it in a completely different way. And that applies to everything in life. So imagine across America, groups of three people meeting a couple times a month, talking with one another, solving problems, building relationship. What else happens in this teamwork environment? You begin to experience grassroots leadership. You begin to feel connected to a major result. What's the result? Well, one result is right in front of you. It's the problem that you're working to solve. But a bigger result is the personal growth that you as a leader experience, whether you're the apprentice, the mentor, or the founder. So as we look at developing this ecosystem of leadership in America, we look at attracting people who are fed up with pointing fingers at others and say, all right, I'll get in the game. I'm willing to be part of the solution. And it may start around my kitchen table with a couple of people that are interested in the same thing I am. Namely, we want to focus on something that's mutually beneficial. Yes, there's short-term value in that. It may have a financial consequence in the terms of the small business or perhaps my ability to get a job or perhaps start my own consultancy or whatever it happens to be. But at the end of the day, the big impact is that I'm going to become a better leader. And when I become a better leader, that means I become a better servant. I begin to figure out how I can serve others. And when I figure out how I can serve others, guess what's happening in my life? Everything changes. In a twinkling of an eye, everything changes because your perspective and your heart changes to serve others. And you immediately become advanced on the leadership scale. You've now taken a perspective that people who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s have never adapted And the good news is, even if you're a young person, you can share that message with somebody who's five times your age. And it's amazing what can happen. So when we put this type of an ecosystem together, where we can learn something, we can turn right around and teach something, and then ultimately we can live that same experience, 
we become exemplars of what patriot leadership really means. And when we have these small groups all over the United States beginning to come to fruition, then we will inspire a nation. We will lift people up. We will serve people in ways that are extremely motivating. And we will be demonstrating, not pointing at other people. We will be showing people what we mean when we say we are all about making America strong again. That's who we are. That's Patriot Leadership. Thanks for being with us. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com.